your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Do it to it, brother. Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama, No Drama podcast. My name is Pastor Huffman, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this podcast for this week, and as we're coming in to our 41st episode today, we've got a real barn burner for you guys out there, so we hope you'll be able to stick around and listen to it. Today we're going to be continuing on, and we're going to finish out 1 Peter chapter 2. It's verses um, 13, chapter 2, verses 13 to 25, and I think you're going to find a lot of meat on this bone, finding out who we are. Um, sort of in the in the civil realm, uh, the quorum hominibus, the, with our against uh, with our neighbor. So I'll get in here and start with verse 15, 13. It begins: Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in this body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were were straying like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Okay. Now. All right. Everybody's favorite hot topic, governments and authorities. Well, it's certainly a really helpful thing because in our life we have people in authority. Some, some of them, you know, we always think of politicians, but there's other people too. You know, we have people who are placed over us in authority, like police officers. We have, uh, uh, those who are in, in the military, who have been entrusted to protect us um, on a national level, and we also have people like firefighters, uh, anybody who's placed there is to say, look, I'm here to serve you, and it shouldn't surprise us when those who have been sent over us to, be, to serve us, but in authority, we're called to... Um, to be a subject that we are under them 
and to be a subject to that, not to just fight and punch against them all the time. That's anarchy. So, you know, there's a, there's, you know, this is, this is more than all the Facebook battles about um, a particular politician. This has to do with, it's not about them. It's about Jesus and about who we are under Christ. So, and it gets into there and it'll show us that not all government systems are awesome <laughs> and so <laughs> and sometimes they're downright harsh and so you'll see that people in spite of this he's saying don't just roll over and play dead and, you know look you know enduring enduring for the right thing is a good thing just saying you know saying well i robbed a bank and i survived two years in prison you're like you're supposed to go to prison for that <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> that's you robbed a bank you know so um, so when it looks at us before, so we don't, this is not, uh, this is not the political podcast as far as our, our political affiliations and things like that, because this, they don't really care. Jesus doesn't really care about that. He, what he's talking about is the faith that we've been given, um, the particular things that he says, and, and as our catechisms say, um, look to the Ten Commandments to see if you have sinned. And, um, and so, uh, we look to that, and so you can you can um, argue for your political party all week, and uh, but you want. But remember, we look to God's word to determine who we are as Christians. So well, and and that's what I was going to say. This is really for our Lutheran friends listening. This is a a fourth commandment issue. This is this is this goes under honor thy father and thy mother. Not only. Isn't it that, but all authorities that God has placed over us? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I mean, Peter so, starts out when he says, uh, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Now, this doesn't mean like every human institution, it means like every civil authority. So, let's see, a, a human institution that. That would not be recognized as like, uh, I don't know, maybe some, um, help me out. Well, if you're looking at the, like, uh, the lodges and things like that, you know, they're, they're a human institution and, you know, they have their thing and people recognize that as an organization, but that to them, to them, we would be called on to be humble, you know, I mean, we're not going to. Not going to burn down their lodges or something, but what we are going to do is, no matter who you are, we're going to present ourselves as somebody who is who is uh, humble, and it's it's really hard to hate somebody who is being humble, and and I'm not saying being wimpy. There's a huge difference. Somebody who's very strong can be humble, and they don't lose a thing in their life over it. And um, for somebody who's wimpy, you know, it's the old saying of, uh, of a coward dies a, a thousand le- deaths, but a, a, a brave man dies only once, you know. And, um, and so it's to, say that, um, it's to say that showing humility in the face of those who have been placed over you, like you said, in the civil authority, is not a sign of weakness, but it's also a time of, you know, cooler heads prevailing. So if somebody for example, was in authority over you and they were saying, well, I want you to go and, and punch that guy right in the face. You would say, well, I, I don't mean to, to 
you know, I'm not trying to cause problems here, but that isn't that isn't what we are here to do, and that that isn't right. And uh, you know, you don't just cuss at him and yell at him. You say, well, you know, uh, forgive me, but this is not this is not what we are called to do, and and that wouldn't be right to do that. And so you're not usurping their authority when you say, well, this is actually what 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 we're called to do. Well, and that's just it. Uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. What I teach my my son. You know, in order to be a a disciplined, God-fearing man one day is what's easier, to punch the guy who just cursed you in the face or to bless him and walk away? Right. Because it's the, the latter, to bless him and walk away, is ten times earlier or easier or harder than... than to just punch him in the face, right? Because that's what Adam wants to do. Deck him, deck him one, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what happens. Our emotions get the best of us. And I I have a rule for myself. I won't argue from emotion. So I usually wait for my emotions to die down. And you know that's what I I teach my kids is is what's harder. So it's that that old saying, right? Be the bigger man. But it, it, let let's. Let's put the phrase in, in Christian terminology, be the Christ-like man. Sure. And because there was nothing Christ did to diminish himself by, um, by humbling himself. Because somebody who's humble, as Christ was, um, did not diminish him from speaking with authority. He didn't have to call out the legion of angels, which he reminded them is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know and um and so it's to say that there was nothing a humble person needs to prove and um you know he said even he wouldn't have to do it he the very rocks would cry out and confess his name um you know if if his if his followers were to be quiet so there's really no reason he didn't have to go oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so and and as christians um, as and you know, for those of you who are who have been listening to Lutheran stuff, no drama for more than one episode, you know that the Facebook group is designed for um, uh, it's designed for a place to discuss Lutheranism from a Bush Leaguer's uh, point of view, from the view of the Bush League, and it's not a place to argue the number of angels dancing on the head of a pin. It's not it's not a group of of philosophy. It's a group of people who want to have a closer or a, a stronger understanding of who they are as children of God, as confessed in the Holy Scriptures, and as well as is interpreted in the confessions. So if that's, if that's what you're looking for, then we say, you know, come to the group and uh, learn about us, but don't come in there and try and cause a, don't try and come in there and try and cause a fight with us because we'll just say, you know what? If you want to fight about something, please don't bring it into the group. Um, you, you can, there's plenty of places on the interwebs where you can go in and, and argue with somebody. But uh, I, And I don't mean that we don't have discussions, but I'm saying that just to out and out, you know, swinging for the cheap seats kind of, kind of fighting uh, just doesn't occur in there, and it's just not tolerated because, again, we have people who are... We're just trying to learn and, and not trying to show off or anything. They're just they're just trying to learn and they ask really thoughtful questions and so it's it's definitely a place to be. 
Yeah, and definitely a shout-out to the group for, uh, I mean, they're an awesome group, so um, desiring to learn further, you know, the Lord's Word and, and search under every text and, and, and learn how to exegete properly, um, it's, a, it's a great place, so... We, um, we pretty much picked up the picked up the um, the dojo from uh, Worldview Everlasting. A lot of those people are carryovers, and they invited their friends, and and so that's kind of what it was. And you find us being, you know, the being the people who are here to have some fun, have some laughs, uh, discuss the scriptures, discuss the confessions not chop anybody off at the knees it's just a place to to uh enjoy um the study of god's word yeah and, and what we get a lot of too is you know so and so in my family or you know this happened this person ran into me and said you know and then you know they're looking for a defense from scripture how do i deal with this how do i and and there's plenty of great uh confessional folks to help answer those questions so mm -hmm. so yeah. as as peter says in, in two he says whether it be the emperor as supreme or the governor as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good and again this is his, his meaning of human institution so i guess if i just want to read further we could have flushed that out um but you know this goes with Paul in Romans 13, and this is this is the first function of God's law, is is He gives the sword to the civil government to curb sin. So you you see people afraid to go steal things or go murder because they know that there's a punishment. That punishment is put in place by God to curb sin in the universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, the, the titles changed a little bit here and there, you know. In some countries, uh, like in our country, what we would call the emperor is like a president. A governor in those places could have been like how we call governors of states, but they also could be like mayors and things like that. And um, sheriffs and things, you know, places that are put there for the common good. And... So, you know, when somebody gets arrested for something, you know, it's to say, you know what, you you were all put in the playground and you started throwing sand in people's faces. So we're going to take you out of the playground for a little while. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm a I'm a school administrator. So I think always in terms of uh, I think of always in terms of kids misbehaving. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's it's to say that. Uh, you know, they serve in this position or they say, you know what? We want to make sure that the people that under my care are safe. And so what we want to do, and you know, the Romans were actually charged with that in Judea and they hired um, certain people to oversee the people. But then you have the Roman, the local people, then you have the Romans who are sent out there to oversee the overseers. And, you know, Romans built roads, they built fences, they had guards, you know, because it's a society runs better when lawlessness is curbed. And so, you know, this is, we're not talking about Christian faith here. We're just saying, 
No matter what you believe in, don't rob a bank. No matter what you believe in, slow down. No matter what you believe in, uh, stay away from illicit drugs. You know, this kind of thing. So that's actually, you know, we're talking, um, the Bush Leaguers are getting pretty uh, kind of left-handed kingdom here on this. But that's okay because God actually, we find out in First Peter that God has something to say about who we are in the left-handed kingdom. And so uh, we, uh, we, we see that we have a very right-hand kingdom God who has something to say to us as we await the resurrection here. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. This is first article of the creed stuff, guys. So, the the left hand kingdom, the right hand kingdom cannot exist outside of the left hand kingdom, mm-hmm. because God. I mean, that to say otherwise would be a form of Gnosticism. And I'm sorry if I'm talking over anybody's head, but try and try and bear with me. Um, Jesus became part of creation, right? So. You can't have the right-hand kingdom outside of that. Jesus being created comes from the first article, I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth. Not that Jesus is made, but Jesus became a creation as the creator. Well, he he became incarnate. You know, he came in the flesh. And, um, And so when we think about that, it's to say that here he is among us. And so that's really important. Right. And I just want to to stay with the... He's coming into the left-hand kingdom to bring you the right-hand kingdom. Yeah. Right? So. But he also doesn't... You that, notice he doesn't subvert the left-hand kingdom while he's doing that. Right. Right. And this is... And again, we, we can see from Peter's writings and, and Paul's writings that, that this is... Um, this is part of God's will that we submit to authority. Yeah, so it's interesting that um, you know when they slapped him and he says, "Well, why have you slapped me?" You know, because he's even calling the Roman guard out uh, for him. Well, if I've done something wrong, well, bear witness against me, and if I haven't, well, why have you why have you struck me? You know, because he's telling him, you know, by our own rules, you're you're breaking it. So there's there's an that's an important lesson to look at. You know, it's to say that it's important that we we think in terms of uh, what is in place for our uh, for a good order. You know, Lutherans like to use that word to say that this is good order. That not everybody may be thrilled about it, but it sure does keep the trains running on time. You know, and stuff like that. And so. Um, so there's definitely a lot to be said about that. And for a Christian living in a society that appreciates good order, it's a it's an opportunity for the church to be there. But, you know, in societies that don't appreciate good order, you know, that's still, it's a persecution time, but it's a time when the gospel becomes even more important. Well, and, and to be fair, there's, there's things in scripture that we call hard to swallow pills and and for me, this is one of my things, but it's a true thing. So I might not like it, but I have to pray and agree with it, right? Um, and this goes, many people have many different things in Scripture that they don't like, but that doesn't make them true. It makes me being the, the reader um, 
kind of lost in my own sinfulness and having to rely on God telling me what's good and not me telling me what's good. Yeah. Well, and again, um, you know, the this the state has the uh, has the authority to proclaim, you know, this is for good order, this is for good order. And as and as Christians, some of it may, we might go bleh, but um, you know, until somebody is uh, until we are called to speak out against evil, um, because we are um, in the civil realm, so um, we do we do try to speak out against that. Um, our pulpits our pulpits don't become um, don't become a, a, a political party voice, but um, there's plenty of times when, you know, as we're doing the lectionary, something might hit a, what might seem like a, some, an issue of today. But you have to realize, nothing I preach on is just what's happening today. What's happening today is a consistent problem of sin. And so even if it's relevant now, guess what? Before something happened today, it was still relevant because there's nothing really new under the sun. So you can always find where there's evil in the world because we live in a fallen world. So um, that's why uh, Lutherans try to stay away from just being um, preaching out of the newspaper, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> there was a there was um, there's a book I have that was put out by CPH a, a long time ago, probably in the 40s, and it said preaching out of the headlines. And I was like, really? And so of course I, I can't put it down. And um, so the guy was talking about, um, he wasn't talking about, you know, just preaching on that. He was saying, um, what is the most, you know, the headlines are, are supposed to be what grabs your attention. And, you know, for, for Lutherans, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ are headlines. The baptisms are headlines. I'm like, oh, this guy's good. He's good. <laughs> so, because his book title, I'm like, give me that. <laughs> Well, and you know what's funny that you just mentioned that in in the book, Pastor Hoffman recommended a book for me to read that that he uses with his elders, interpreting the the Holy Scriptures by Mare, and he talks about the then and there application of the text, which is so in in this time, you know, the governor, I, I'll go with the, the governor at the time of Christ was Pontius Pilate, the emperor was Caesar, right? Mm -hmm. But for our application now, he talks about the then and there, and the application for the Christian now would be, you know, your 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 state governors and your emperor would be, you know, kind of the president. So it's not like the application is gone; it's just changed. Right. And by the way, um, the official position of Lutheran stuff, no drama, is we don't care who the president is; you pray for them. And we don't care who your political leaders are. You pray for them. They all need God. Because for everybody that we like, we just naturally assume they're going to be with Christ forever. But for the people that, <laughs> which is wrong, but um, but for the people that you dislike, well, don't you want them also to to be with Christ forever? So you, you pray for them. You pray for them to be uh, faithful leaders and ones that would trust in Christ when they make their decisions because... We don't just sit there and say, well, I hate that senator. I hope that senator um, burns in hell, you know, or whatever you're saying. Because <laughs> I'd be saying, really? Because, <laughs> so, I mean, that's a serious thing. And so that's using God's name in vain, even, is, is uh, wishing somebody to be, to be in hell, you know. 
So we definitely, you know, as for the new threads out there, don't get so caught up in um, in identifying yourself um, in certain ways politically, but be first a Christian. And then when you look at what things you're voting on and things like that, take that into account. You don't just say, well, this person's uh, of the Whig party or the Bull Moose party. Um, you're going to, I had to pick old parties, but, um, and therefore I'm going to vote for him. Take time, be a, be a dutiful citizen, read what they're all about, learn, you know, that's how you can best serve as a citizen is to learn and not just say, well, of course, since you're part of the Donald Duck Mickey Mouse party, I'm just going to vote for you. Well, no, just take the time, read the pamphlet, <laughs> ask the questions. And I, I believe that, um, I believe that's part of being a good citizen, um, regardless of what your leanings are. But first of all, know what Christ says about so many things in um, in the political life. So they're not really a political issue. They're things that our politicians take up. But politicians, when you think about it, they they take up societal issues. So it's just kind of a cheap joke to say, well, that's just a politicking. That's a political issue. Well. If it has to do with us and our in our good order of life and everything and our beliefs, well, it's not really political. It's it's actually um, personal and social. So, hey. well, and, and and to piggyback on what you said, that that's just it. That that's not the citizen role. I would say that's the Christian role is to find the candidate that best serves your neighbor, right? Yeah. And we're not saying, we're not saying, you know, people who hold to abortion to go submit to that. Because then we echo with Peter in the book of Acts, no, we must obey God rather than men. So there is times when the Christian must ignore the government because God has put his commandment in front of theirs. Right. And what, what they're doing is going against his. And if we get thrown in prison and beaten for that, you know or we get the death penalty one day, then then to the death penalty we go. We don't give up our confession of Christ out of fear for government. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, this is all early apostle stuff, too. All of them face persecution by the government uh, for their preaching of Jesus. Right, and keep in mind, that's not new, people. Um Christians being even and and it's nice because we do live in a pretty amazing country but um, even in our country and in other countries there are times when um, there are things in our society that are in conflict with our faith and so we choose not to um, submit to it in the sense of saying you're right it is good in me and we should take part in it because the government said so well uh, you know speed limits uh, wearing helmets on your bike, uh, you know, these kind of things, uh, uh, parking, you know, don't park in the middle of the street, these kind of things, those help keep the trains moving, those help keep the traffic, um, you know, police officers, uh, things like that, but when, you know, as Zach has mentioned, there are things where we just say, nope, and uh, we, we need to pray for our politicians to even repent of these things. And to turn away from that, and to represent us, um, to re represent us in a better fashion than that. Well, and and going back to your point about praying, we're going to do far more as a church with prayer 
than we ever will on our own trying to act. Yeah. So I totally agree with you there. I, I, um, I mean, you're, 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 you're talking to God, the one who has the power to change the things. Your God that calls you son or daughter, right, uh, through, through our Lord Jesus Christ and petitioning him for something that is within his will to save people and to run good order. Right. And, you know, what we've been saying is kind of summed up in verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. So, you know, it is a, it is a deeply held Christian uh, belief that we do not repay evil with evil. And so if you say, well, this, this person is evil, I'm going to do evil to them. Well, that's really not what we're you know, supposed to do. And when God says, you know, I, vengeance is mine, these kind of things, what we do is we pray for them. So, you know, we want you to turn away from the, the, from this before the day of the Lord. And, um, and, and that's okay. Uh, and when the time comes and there's judgment, you know, we, we want to know that these people, we want to know that these people have hope instead of just living for pleasing the world, you know. And so when we should be thinking of, uh, our neighbor, um, and of course, first, we think of Christ, and second, uh, our neighbor. Hey, are we allowed to give homework out on this podcast? I'm thinking about giving out a homework assignment. The next person who who curses you, tell them the Lord bless you and walk away. Yeah. You know, um, it is. It's not. Yeah, you're. That's a tall order, because a lot of people. You know, they don't know what to do with the good stuff of Christ. You know, they, to them, to the, as, as Walter always calls, to the unenlightened, to the uh, un, unregenerate, <laughs> you know, he would, they, they hear the things of God and it's foolishness, you know. Um, uh, and so when somebody says, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you said that to me, but God bless you. And, uh, you know, you you say you know I'm really sorry you said that to me because that wasn't very nice, but um, God bless I you. I have anyway. never I have never gotten any hate mail back from saying have a blessed day, you know, and that that's my punchline. That's my my business thing is I tell people have a blessed day, uh-huh. and I've never re- I've never gotten anybody who's received that angrily. You know what I mean? It's always been received well. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's hard to be it's hard to be um, it's hard to be um, have an argument with somebody who's humble because they're just saying, you know, well, you you know what you are, you're a loser, and, and a humble person would say, I agree, and yeah, thanks thanks I, be I, to I'm God. Not, I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> well, thanks be to God, this loser has hope, and um, and it wasn't because of myself, because as you say, I am a loser. And um, I have hope in Jesus Christ that he's given me um, faith and trust and a future. And so um, that way I don't just leave it there as, well, I'm a loser, you're right. But Yeah, but, to, yeah, but Jesus saves losers, right? I didn't come to save the righteous, I came to save the sinner. That's right. So when they call me a loser, I'm like, yes, 
You know, that means Jesus is for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should uh, we should um, pipe in some Beck and play loser for a little bit. But um, it's it's definitely you know for Christians being insulted um, now. If somebody now here's the truth. If somebody tells me, you know, that my school has bad teachers, okay, I'm going to get up in their face over that. I will defend the teachers. You know, you can talk bad about me, but don't you talk bad about uh, the the faculty at Christ Lutheran or the members. And don't talk bad about my family, things like that. Um, I will say, you know what, the, they're not here. So this isn't, this isn't, this isn't their conversation with you. You're making it. You know, and so, um, and if you say that one of our teachers are bad, well, guess what? I'm going to have another talk with you because I happen to respect these teachers and they work very hard to bring education and even the light of Christ to people in, uh, in, in a place where, you know, in, in the world. So, well, and that's, that's a holding the eighth commandment. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What does this mean? Yeah. We should fear and, and love God, God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. Right. Putting the best so, construction. Yeah, that's totally justified in God's eyes. That's what we want to do is stand up. And, you know, that's one of our group rules is don't, don't be talking smack unless the person's there to defend themselves. Yeah, and so that that yeah, because I want to speak well of somebody, and and um, and so you want to make sure that you know because otherwise you're just becoming a murderer too. So as we move on here, but um, you know, uh, for he he says, Saint Peter says, for this is a gracious thing, when. Mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Now, somebody who, let's say, is standing there and they say something bad about somebody else's mom, and then they get slapped right in the face. And you're watching this whole thing. You're not standing there going, well, what in the world did that guy do hit that guy for? I'm like, well, that's kind of what you get. <laughs> um, you don't talk about my mom like that. Don't talk about my mama. <laughs> and so some guy gets angry and slaps him in the mouth and you're watching it. You would say, well, that's 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 an actual, that's a reaction to that. And um, But if somebody comes up and, and um, says... Uh, somebody drops something and they pick it up and they say, oh, here you go. You drop this and um, and they just punch the guy right in the face. You go, well, that was totally uncalled for. And the guy dusts himself off and says, you know, well, I'm sorry you did that, but God bless your day anyway. You know, you'd look at that guy and go, whoa, <laughs> that, dude's, that dude's got it together a little more than I do. And, um, you know, and so because that's to say, look, I, I'm not going to repay your evil with evil. It was wrong to hit me, but it would also be wrong for me to just haul off and hit you. So all you did was drop something and I handed it to you. So you're not escalating it. And so for to say, you know, I'm really, I wish you didn't do that, but God bless your day anyway. And um, I mean, I'm telling you, that is a level, that's level 10 maturity. That might even be level 11. 
So, um, you know, but that's... Yeah, and, and, and to put our disclaimer in, we're not, we're not virtue signaling because we're... <laughs> Master Hoffman and I have totally fallen short on these things, and, and we need, you know, forgiveness and absolution as, as these things unfold our life. But we still are going to confess the truth of God's word, you know, even though we've fallen short, just like Peter does. Yeah, and I also want you to know the example I used. I said, if you were standing there watching this happen... <laughs> Because well, I never, one, I never one, cast myself as the hero. <laughs> now, now hold on. That's that's funny you say that because I've actually been in several where I've gone in and ripped them up, and and the biggest one, I don't know why me and my wife, we were out at a bar for New Year's, and and I don't even drink, but you know we were just out to karaoke, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't karaoke either. Alright, because I, 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 I wouldn't do that to you guys. <laughs> Pictures or it uh, didn't happen, Lester. <laughs> <laughs> well, a anyways, man, nine people start throwing punches. And I just ripped them all apart. But God has given me the capability to kind of do that. And, and I'm just kind of picking them up and, and throwing them to the side. You know, Tom, getting to the bottom, the bouncers are getting rocked. But this has happened more than once in my life. Fights break out in front of me, and I go pull them apart. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, so I'm just kind of reactionary in that sense. But when I got to the bottom, they threw a guy out. You know, I kind of go black. And I'm not hurting people. I'm pulling the thing apart, right? Like, this is ridiculous kid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... And man, they don't even give you a thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm that's... like, eh, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's. It, I'm just happy that nobody gets hurt. You know what I mean? It's like that could have been bad. You have a bunch of people that are drinking, that are probably getting drunk, that shouldn't be doing that. You know, and they're not thinking. This is why the scriptures tell us to be sober-minded. Um. But yeah, I mean, I've been in several situations. It's kind of weird that you said that, where I've, I've pulled people apart, and I'm just scratching my head. What happened? Yeah, well, you know, that's, uh, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. And uh, it's an uh, it's interesting thing about being a peacemaker is, you know, when you're separating people out, you're not, you're not, um, you're not judging them. You're saying, here, knock it off. And um, you guys are, you guys, this is too much. We got to figure something else out rather than, you know, being, uh, going, being at war over it. Let's find a, a solution that's God-pleasing because when people disagree with each other, there are God-pleasing ways to, um, to come to a, a, a solution and without going to the sword. And um, granted, the sword exists, but... Um, there are peaceful ways, and that's the, something a humble person will will hope for a peaceful solution. So, um, and and where does it for what for to this? Oh, verse twenty one. For to this you've been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in His steps. You know, um, granted, I'm not going to die on the cross for you. But I am going to see that um, in the face of the world in which we are surrounded by, Christ humbled himself and um, he was always quick to point to the coming kingdom, which is something that is on the lips of Christians to say that 
we are we are always pointing to the kingdom of God and and not saying well gee I so love the world <laughs> myself but um, it's to say that uh, that type of humility did not diminish Christ in the sense that um, it didn't lessen him the, the when we say Christ humbled himself it doesn't mean he lessened himself and brought him when he brought himself low that isn't a negative thing it's a good thing and so people often want to want to make a lot of hay over him humbling himself but it's only for people who think humbling yourself is bad <laughs> so you know a humble person is is often you know a delight you know to be around yeah everybody likes a humble person mm-hmm. um i have two points on that first of all since we're taking this back from the reform that is not the gospel folks peter is is making an analogy of christ's crucifixion and now how we should conduct ourselves but the gospel is not jesus died for you so now you can have an example no that's not the point right that's not the point peter's making and peter would tell you himself no that that's not what i'm saying I'm, I'm just contrasting the two this is what jesus did now you do it right um it is a law text the the the, the second thing is um well, I mean, there is gospel in it in the sense that uh, because Christ also suffered for you, right? But this is one of those those texts in the Scripture that's not law gospel. It's 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 more law, a little bit of gospel. So, <laughs> well, they're not mixed. They are definitely um, distinguished. Um, you know, he says, "Well, this is what he did." But he also says that in this, not the gospel, I mean, we are not, we cannot do the gospel. The gospel is something that Christ has done, and we proclaim this. Even when we, you know, proclaim the absolution, I'm not inventing a new absolution. It is the absolution given by Christ. In baptism, it's not a new 2019 baptism. It is the baptism of Christ, which goes back to him sanctifying all waters to be a blessed flood. And, and so you find, that, um, you find that it's just a consistent proclamation of the goodness of God. And so when he says he died for you, well, also take notice. Um, our Savior, who is perfect, showed us that, you know, in the face of these things, he remained humble and faithful to his Father, and um, because he trusted him and so there's a there's a sense of um, showing us very much his humility his humanity and gives us a point to say he will point us to say well trust in him yes and the second thing i want to touch on since we're talking about so so much humility and this is this is a law law section of scripture here for the most part um all sin, all sin is uh, it's at its root is is from pride and unbelief. Yeah. So I mean, when we talk about humility, we're getting away from the root of sin. You know, that's that's how the devil sinned to begin with was pride. That's where it's originated, and then our unbelief keeps us persistent. Mm-hmm. Right. So, 
that's why I say the root of all sin is pride and unbelief. Some folks will say it's unbelief, but I take it back to the devil where it starts. Yeah. And say the pride and and you see the pride in humanity, right? And how we're always trying to self-justify. Oh, well, yeah. it wasn't me. It was definitely that guy because I don't do anything wrong, or I have to do this, or it'll never get done right. Right? Mm-hmm. This is how we how we talk to ourselves, and sometimes you need someone on the outside going, "No, dude, you need to chill." <laughs> right? Yeah. You're you're not God, and it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I'm sorry. Right? And mm-hmm. and it's actually kind of a a, a a release of burden too that I'm not God mm-hmm. well it's so, interesting um, I think Peter makes a good point here and this is where we start to reclaim First Peter is to see in verse 22 and he begins he committed no sin neither was deceit found in his mouth okay so we see that there and then as we talk about looking at what Christ did when we when he was reviled he did not revile in return when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And um, so we start to say that, um, uh, here's the deal, you know, um, if you hurl lies at me, it doesn't matter, because remember, they're lies. And, um, and then he says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might not die to sin, and uh, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, um, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So we see here that this is where the this is where the fork in the road goes. When we say, you know what, somebody badmouthed me, I didn't badmouth them back. Uh, somebody did something, I didn't threaten to burn their house down or smash up their car. Then he changes the topic. Jesus himself bore our sins. <laughs> You're not going to do that. So um, he, there's the delineation there. This is where we, this is where when we say, um, uh, what would Jesus do? Well, you do see a lot of stuff that involves your neighbor that Peter's talking about. But Peter delineates this here and then starts to show us that, well, and, and for our good, he bore him, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might uh, die to sin and live to righteousness. So we see what Jesus has done for us. He's, he's a, they, he, Peter does a good job of separating out the, uh, the life that we have together as neighbors versus the work of Jesus Christ for all of us who have the life together as neighbors. <laughs> so, and, and, he, and he comes right out. You're not Jesus, for you are straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So... You know, it delineates between the um, the divine Jesus-only stuff, the right-handed stuff, versus the life we have that Jesus became a part of willingly to be born of the Virgin Mary. Um, and so he showed us that he's God and Savior. He's also was behaving as our neighbor as well. And, and to keep it step with Peter... And, and how we, we, we talk about Peter playing on the Old Testament. Here he's, again, directly quoting Isaiah when he says, uh, By his stripes we are healed. And it, it, verse 29 could be another quote of Isaiah, or it could be Zechariah 13. 
uh, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But that prophecy is directly about the apostles. He might be using it in a broader sense here. But, you know, Isaiah, again, he talks about the sheep being scattered also. So I would probably say this is all Isaiah from the wounds. Yeah. But just so, just to show that, that Peter is so bushly with the Old Testament scriptures, um, and, and reading those and preaching those to teach you Jesus, um, we want to keep keep in note with that. He did chapter one and, and rolling through chapter two, and and that's what these these um, you know you, you got guys like like Peter who preach mostly to Jews. Yeah. Paul Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Peter was was to preach to Jews. So this kind of language would have been. Um, very prevalent for Peter's preaching because, I mean, he's kind of taking away something they love, the law, being like, you guys don't understand this, right? Yeah. Uh, right? So, and, and then he's implementing Christ and showing them from the law and the prophets how, how Jesus is the fulfillment and how all these things pointed to him. Right. And yeah, and you're right. Ezekiel does point out that, um, his sheep did go astray and wandered all over the mountains and they were scattered and no one searched or looked for them, you know. And and of course Jesus, the parable of the lost sheep. Well, we'd be kind of uh we'd be kind of remiss if we didn't let those scriptures uh find themselves. And so you know, um, and these are things that they would know from hearing the word of God in the temple and then and then Jesus would say, well, I'm the one who goes and looks for you. So, uh, and that's a really, the, again, people, new friends out there, you should remember that this is comforting. This isn't just you reporting for duty. This is supposed to be comforting that you have, you have the great, uh, you have the great shepherd who is there, uh, looking out for you and shepherding you and pointing you in the right direction. And, even in a fallen and broken world, he's going, well, here's, here's how to do it. Here's how to be mine and be in, in this world. And so. Yes. And keep in mind too, you are not under the law. You are under grace. And that's Peter's point when he says that, that you might die and live to righteousness in Christ. This is no different than Paul in a, in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, when when he says, "For by grace you're saved through faith," this is not of you, uh, not of you. It's a gift from God, so no one may boast. And then he says, "For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God prepared beforehand that we might walk in them." So, God has many good works for us to do. And and when he says, "Live to righteousness," you know, it's got me, it's got me thinking. Last night I couldn't sleep. The devil was haunting me with past sins, which I don't usually think about my old sins. But I, I find this kind of, I don't know, relevant to what we're talking about. And and as he's, you know, as I'm laying there, I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want to think about this. I was like, you know, I keep Adam chained up, man, and gagged in a closet in my mind, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I want that dude locked away. I don't want him speaking or reminding me of anything that's been absolved. I just want that. And that's, those are righteous thoughts. Those are thoughts that only a Christian can have because they hate evil. Right. 
even though we do evil sometimes, you know, we still hate evil. Well, well, that's the that's the life of a that's the very life of a, a Christian is the simul justus et peccator that we are fallen and broken, and at the same time we have a we have a savior who who is there saying, you know, when when you sin, I am the one here who you who you come to. And thanks be to God that we have that in Christ Jesus, and that is why. Y'all need to get in church every yep. Sunday. Y'all need Jesus. Y'all need Jesus. Quit messing <laughs> around. You need Jesus. You know what? I'm telling you what. On, uh, you know that is you know all joking aside. That is the verse 25. For you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Well, guess what? That is found in the divine service. That is found in the liturgy. That is found in the calling of your pastor. That is found in the call, the godly brotherhood that you enjoy, and um, and you know when it says to to be loving to the brotherhood. I mean, this is talking about our fellow Christians, and so you know uh, you are those people who were straying. And you know, in my congregation, I know the people who would admit it. Yeah, I was one of those straying people, and. And at Christ Lutheran, uh, a bunch of dysfunctional sinners are gathered together every Sunday, and they get to hear the Word of God and receive His gifts in the Word and Sacrament ministry. So, you know, you can very much say to First Peter, Amen, because this is true. Um, we have been gathered into God's house. That's why we go to church on Sunday, for no virtue signaling nothing. Because we were straying and we found where the shepherd has called us to be. We've heard his voice. We are his. We know the sound of his voice. And so we, we go to where he promises to be. And um, I just I just sincerely love that. And because um, it, it, it removes the virtue signaling of showing up to church going, because look how amazing I look. I go to church to show people you know, how, how awesome I am, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the most insecure person in the world, so, um, you know. Well, and I've heard it said, but what I like to think, and at least for confessional Lutherans, is that by, by you even walking through the door, you're making the confession that you're, you need Jesus. Absolutely. Well, and if you don't, you're going to hear me say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, God is there to work on you. He's going to mortify you and, and bring you to life in His Son, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, we did not. We do not have a question for this week, and that's okay because you know what? We just. I think we got. We just nailed it. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, on this topic, we have totally reclaimed all the virtue signaling of the of this kind of this submission to authority and all this weird stuff uh as being a gee look at me when rather peter was very clearly instead of saying gee look at me he's saying uh look at jesus <laughs> look what he was you know just look at him and um it's kind of it's kind of weird to brag about yourself when you're saying well this is this is what jesus did and and he didn't revile and he didn't you know um, he wasn't patting himself on the back and he wasn't bad mouthing 
he was just just doing his thing and and um, giving thanks to the father. So, you know what? That's that's a excellent and excellent. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna change it. He wasn't doing his thing. He was doing our thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, part of it as a neighbor, his thing is doing our thing. So. Um, yeah. Oh, um, okay. okay. <laughs> There's an apology. So you have um, you have uh, you have him as a neighbor. You see him as a neighbor, but you also see him as our Lord, and how he seamlessly. Um, uh, moves how he seamlessly moved through the world, not losing anything of his divinity, and not losing anything of his humanity. And as you look through the scriptures, Peter does, I think, a wonderful job of showing this, and um, of showing that yeah, he very much was a neighbor, but he never gave up who he is as our Lord. So I love that. Well, that's a thing. You have the God of the universe, right, joining the creation and the Creator. Uh, you, all the many titles, king, high priest, lion, lamb. I mean, how, how, how weird does that sound, right? The, the lion of Judah and the lamb of God. And that's to show his might and his meekness, right? Mm-hmm. It's to show his, his great strength and his humility for our behalf. Um, uh, now I got an off on titles, but I mean, just all the titles that Christ bears, it's just, this is the most important man in the universe, mm-hmm. right? In, in, in heaven and on earth, this is the most important man, the one who saves your soul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen and amen. Well, I'll tell you what, Zach, we're going to, um, we're going to put this one in the can here. This is an awesome one. And I hope, you know what, I'm going to put a special flag by this one. Because I can't be on Facebook without people seeing them just trashing who we are in the civil in the civil government. Whether they're being overly capitulating to the world or overly reviling those who revile them. You know, it's our hope that the Bush Leaguers can give you some peace in uh giving you the gospel and who we are in this society so on that note uh for zach lesher this is pastor hoffman and the lutheran stuff no drama no drama podcast thank you very much and god bless your week